fit for a king. He's worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration. All that we have to bring in is worthy of yourself. Because he needs nothing else. He owns it all. Any other offering that we could bring is inadequate. He owns it all. And so that you and I would be fit to come into his presence, he provided the sacrifice for our cleansing himself. So that now when we come, we can come boldly. So many times we try to revert back to our worthiness. The only reason we're worthy to approach it all is because of him. But let me just tell you this morning, if you know him in free pardon of sin, then you're worthy. He's made you worthy. And he longs for you to be in his presence. That's why he's done it all. So that he could be among his creation. Amen. You can be seated today. Give the Lord a good praise. Amen. Has God been good to you this week? Has he blessed you? Amen. Let's just worship is a response to the blessings of God, as is our giving. Our worship and giving is a response to the goodness of God. Amen. Giving has never been an affordability issue. Jesus drew attention to that the day he was sitting with his disciples at the temple. And come offering time, they watched the wealthy come through and give, and the in-between come through, the middle class and give. But he only drew their attention when the poor widow woman come through and worshipped in her giving. And she put that one mite in the offering. And Jesus stopped and drew the attention of his disciples and said, did you see that? So giving is never about affordability. It's about a response in worship to how good God's been. Amen? And I trust you to keep on doing that. God is good. He's faithful and true. And I'm going to keep praying over your, your jobs and your businesses and everything and in every way. The Lord to bless you. Is that all right? Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we approach your throne again today. As we come boldly, we come willingly, and we come with joy to worship and our giving to you. Bless the household of faith. Lord, with jobs and better jobs and increases, checks in the mail, refunds, rebates. Lord, in any other way that you can monetarily bless your people, bless them. Because I know they're in your word and your word and your spirit cause their souls to prosper. We give you praise for it in Christ's name. And the church said, amen and amen. Let's stand together and come and worship in our giving this morning. The 
rock of my salvation, I go to the stone. The builder rejected, I run to, and the mountain stands by me. The earth all around me is shifting sand. Oh, Christ, rock I stand when I need. I need a friend, I, I go to the rock. How many's been to the rock lately? Amen, amen, amen. He's faithful and true. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel, chapter 18. Hallelujah, when I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Well, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. The earth all around is seeking sand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Mm. Amen. I need my help to show up this morning. I'm waiting on this headache to go away. Brother Rodney helped me a little. Not my, not my normal chipper self today. Just, <laughs> just dragging just a little. I know I'm dragging when Brother Zach says, you all right? <laughs> amen we're going to be uh, amen I feel like I got a word from the Lord for us that's a good thing isn't it uh, how it's all going to come together I, I don't know just yet but uh, I know the Lord's going to do something with us and in us this morning amen uh, I'm not to knock it, but I do know all across the United States today, churches are gathering with Super Bowl themes and emphasis. They, they, they do them. We're going to do us. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I'm going to preach to you just a little bit with the help of the Lord today. On, on back in our uh, breaking limits, uh, breaking limits through prayer. The Lord moved on my heart early this week about this message, and so we're going to see what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church this morning. Amen? And in case I get wound up and forget, somebody remind me, February 16 through 25, before I dismiss us. Amen? February 16 through 25. Don't let me forget to mention that later. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. He didn't respect anyone. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, 
Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said? And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth, breaking limits through prayer. Father, I love you. Lord, I need your help. As we stand before the body today, Lord, your word is life, your word is encouragement. It gives us strength for the day and help for the morrow. And I ask God today that you would exactly do that. Strength for the day and help for the morrow. That your grace and its all sufficiency be prevalent in our lives, in our hearts. And Lord, when we leave this place today, we leave encouraged by your grace, your glory, and through your anointing. To you be praised forever. In Christ's name and the church said, amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I was worried there a little bit early, but you, you came on in. Came on in. Good to see you. There are limits that we have, and we've discussed this over the past several weeks. We know that we are limited in ourselves. We know that we are uh, limited in what we can do. Uh, we are able to do many things um, through technology, science. Uh, there's help through psychiatry, psychology. Um, but the bottom line becomes we are truly dependent upon the sovereignty of God himself of who God is. I don't expect the world to understand that because they can't until there's a conversion in their heart and life. But after there's a conversion, there's an understanding of the ability and the availability of God's grace to the believer. Because if he ever shows up and helps you once, it gives you help for the next time that you need him. It gives you hope for the next time you got to have help if he ever comes on the scene and assists you through a trial, a tribulation, an affliction, if he ever shows up once, it builds confidence for the next time that you're going to need him. Amen? We look at our text this morning with this, this parable the Lord gives, and he gives this wonderful, powerful instruction about persistence. How do we are to persist and persevere through life and in life because of life. We see this woman who is trying to receive vindication for whatever her adversary has done against her. She's going to the only place she knows to get it, and that's to the judge in town, taking her case, pleading her case. And as we relate this toward prayer for the believer, if there's one thing we need to learn is, is perseverance through prayer. We, we need to learn to persevere through prayer because I know as you've read the gospel, we've preached through the gospel, and, 
And we read those wonderful, mighty stories where the scripture says, and immediately he arose. Or immediately the fever was rebuked. Or immediately, you know, the dead man sat up. Well, can I tell you, there, there are those moves sometimes that are more gradual. It didn't always happen immediately. And it does not. I want somebody to hear me this morning. It does. If you're in this place that I'm talking about this morning, hold on. God still loves you. Just because he hadn't done it immediately doesn't mean he's forsaken you. Amen. And we need to learn perseverance in prayer. It's, I think it's the, the pathway to success through prayer. That we succeed through prayer. Is there success and failure in prayer? I believe so. Many times I fail in prayer because I pray of my own will and my own desire and not in accordance to the desire and the will of God for my life. Anybody else in here pray like that? Amen. You've heard me say it before. God doesn't do everything the way I tell him to do it. And sometimes that's the way I go in prayer. I, I go telling God what my problem is, and then I immediately go right into praying, telling him how he can fix it. <laughs> and he's not really concerned in how I think it ought to be fixed. And not to bust your bubble, he's not concerned about your opinion on how it needs to be fixed either. And so what we learn through persistence and perseverance in prayer, prayer positions us, and if you have to persevere, it positions you to await on the will of God to be revealed in and through your life. Because I, I have thanked God a few times for not actually doing what I asked him to do. Because later on when he done it his way, I could see the mess that I would have been in had he done it my way. You know, and I'm so glad that he persisted in doing it his way. How, how many of you have ever prayed a prayer and the Lord actually done it the way you asked him to do it? And then about a week later, you're saying, Lord, can you do this another way? <laughs> because you actually got what you prayed for, and it's like, mm, that ain't what I was after, right? And so we have to make our way there. And there's a great lesson that is illustrated here in this parable in Luke 18. In verse 1, you see the great duty that we are given and mandated to persevere in prayer. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to lose heart. In verses 2 through 5, in this parable, there's the, the persevering prayer. Look at it. Saying, this is what he's demonstrating, that there, there was in a city this judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and, the, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge or vindicate me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet be because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. We have this lesson out of this that we are to continue to persevere in prayer because you never know the day that your answer will come. It may not be today, so I'm going to pray again tomorrow. It may not be tomorrow, so I continue persevering in prayer because I never. It's not that we worry God to death until He does it. That's not the point, but it 
conditions me in my waiting until God does his will in my life. Not necessarily that he does exactly what I'm asking him to do, but that he brings and provides and allows his grace to accompany my life that I am able to endure whatever comes my way. It may take a little while. It may be immediate. We don't know, but that's the reason that we go to God in prayer. Men ought always to pray. And then we have that lesson in persevering prayer in 6 and 7. Look, look at the lesson. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect? Shall not God vindicate his own elect? If you don't get anything, get this this morning. God will take care of you. Amen. I know we feel downtrodden. I know we feel abused. I know we feel neglected. But know this. God will not abuse you. God will not abandon you. And God will not neglect you. But God will vindicate you. He will do it in his own time. He will do it in his will so that the thing that's coming against you will work out for your good in accordance to his word in Romans 8 and 28. All things work out. All things come together. All things work through. But it's to his glory and it's to his honor and to his glory and to his honor you and I get the benefit of the vindicating work and the vindicating power of God in our life. You're enduring right now. You've been in it for a while. You've been fighting the battle for a long season. I'm here to tell somebody don't give up this morning. Don't give in to But you don't know how long. I don't need to know. The judge of all glory knows and you just keep persistently coming. You just keep persistently asking and seeking and knocking because you do not know the very next moment when the Lord will vindicate you. In that eighth verse we have that there is a great tragedy that is presented but concerning the last day, but there's also this vindication comes through through praying and persevering in prayer. Look at verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. You, when it happens, it'll happen so quickly, it'll bog your mind. You'll just be like, well, Lord, my. Sometimes you look back and say, well, why didn't you do that two weeks ago? It wasn't right two weeks ago. You and I weren't in the right position two weeks ago. So Sometimes we have to pray ourselves in the right condition. We have to pray ourselves into the right position, amen, in order to receive what God's about to do because it may take two weeks for you realize that it's actually God who is doing the work. But when he does, he's going to do it quickly. When he moves, you're not going to have to wonder about who's done it. God will vindicate you. He'll vindicate them speedily. He's not going to dilly-dally around. When he does it, he will do this great work. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. There are things that we have to persist in, and prayer and faith go together. If I don't have faith, I'm not going to pray. Hello? I pray because I have faith in God. I pray because I have confidence in God. Look at verse 7, the reason that we pray. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Sometimes the Lord is long-suffering. Sometimes it takes a little while for those answers to come and the, and the need that you've brought before God to actually come to pass in your life. He's long-suffering. Sometimes he bears long with us, but 
but hold on. Uh, keep your cries going in the daytime. Keep your cry going up to the heavens in the nighttime because he will vindicate you and he will do it rather speedily. What his concern is when the Son of Man comes back to earth, will he find faith when he gets here? Oh, my God. We have to understand the source of our, of our faith, the, the strength of our faith, and the resource that we have to move into this faith great duty of perseverance and prayer Jesus was very intent with his words very forceful and stressing that the believer's duty is to persevere men ought always to pray let me tell you and let me give you an illustration about a woman who needed vindicated and she went to a judge who feared not God and had no respect for any other position, no other man other than himself and what he said. In other words, he was the law. He made the law. He was going to dictate the law and dared anybody, God or man, to come against whatever his judgment was. He was that sure in himself. And this little widow woman, <laughs> she needed a vindicating act and judgment in her life. So what does she do? She's up early in the morning morning and she's knocking on his door. Hey, I need I need you to do something for me. You've got to hear my case. You've got to try my case. You've got to do this right. I'm not fooling with you, woman. And the next morning, she's there. And the next day, she's there. I don't respect you. I have no cause over you. You have no weight. You no have no matter. You have no prudence for me. I'm not going to do anything for you. But daily, she come. Daily, she persisted. She kept coming. She persevered. Why? Because she needed her vindication and that was the man who was able to do it and there was nobody else that can do it for her. I'm preaching right now there's somebody that can do it for you no other man can do it for you only God can do it for you Jesus is trying to give them an illustration he was the only hope for her and I'm the only hope for you and ha hey it's the only help that you need and the only hope that you've got to lean on be persistent in what you're doing keep coming at Seek. Keep on knocking. This parable follows the, the instructions on the Lord's return. Dealing with Christ's return. There's no, no need not to persevere until you know that the Lord is coming. And when he made plain to them that you, you're going to have to hold on and have to deal with some things, you're going to have to go through some things, but I'll be coming back. And you got to persevere. you got to hang on. Understand there's no need for perseverance in prayer for praying over a long period of time and not giving in, becoming discouraged uh, other than the fact that God's people are to keep on praying and to keep on believing and to keep on trusting and praying until Christ returns uh, no matter how long that delay may be. It may be suffering for another 50 years. I don't hardly see how it could be that the Lord may, may tarry that much longer, but every day that he tarries, souls are ushered into the kingdom. We've got to get this right in our own mind. I'm with you. I'm crying with old John on, on the Isle of Patmos even so Lord come quickly I'm ready to see the Lord today but if the Lord comes today I have some loved ones that may not know him and may not go with him and so every day that he suffers long with us are you hearing me every day that he suffers long every day that he tarries longer every day that he waits souls are coming into the kingdom so what do we do we persevere through prayer even so Lord quickly make your way here but every day that you tarry 
win the loss. Hallelujah. Save the hurting. Save the loss. Oh, despair, deliver. Hold and bring forth those who are in need. So you and I, in the middle of his waiting of his return, we persevere. We hold on. And when we have needs, we have crisis, we have issues, we make our way to the one, the only, the true, the just God, the just judge, and know that in his time he will vindicate us and he will vindicate us so quickly. What his discern is and what his concern toward us is, when he gets here, will he find faith on the earth? Understanding that those words to this end ought display within themselves the necessity for you and I to keep coming. The absolute necessariness that men persevere in prayer. I know that I don't have to tell you, I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, that our nation is upside down. And if, if the church is interceding for our nation, who will? Amen. And we better be praying the Lord suffer long while we're still here. That the Lord suffers long and that, that that judgment doesn't come. I want vindication, not necessarily his judgment. Amen. Our, our world is upside down. Our world needs God. And the further we go and every day we come and every day that we live, every morning the sun rises and the sun sets, humanity grows again in the cycle of this antichrist mentality and absent of God every single day. Mankind grows further away from their creator. And if we don't persevere in prayer, they'll all die lost to this end. That word always means at all times, continually. The believer is to develop a constant spirit of prayer to maintain an unbroken consciousness of God's presence. We are to maintain that every day. Never forget that God is watching over every moment of your every single day. He marks and knows every breath that enters and exhales out of your body. And if he knows, then it would behoove us to be continually knowing and aware of his presence daily. Because of his goodness and his grace, he has given us the very next breath that we take in. Because of his goodness and faithfulness. So therefore, we ought to continue always in prayer, always mindful of the presence of God. I know the world doesn't understand that, but I'm not preaching to the world this morning. I'm looking straight in the eyes of the Hopewell Church of God, and I'm encouraging you to persevere in prayer and to be mindful and conscious of the fact that God is with you every moment of every single day. are to practice that presence we are to walk in constant state of prayer it's not that you're always on your knees it's not that you're always in your closet but you think about things through the course of the day don't you don't you meditate on things through the course of the day some things you probably wish you could get out of your mind well let me tell you if you'll replace them with your mind on God in a continual stance of prayer that is continually being persistent and persevering at every moment that your attention is not fully needed for what you're doing so that you don't cut a finger off at work hello don't I mean he wants you to focus he wants you to I know the scripture says it's better to come in without an eye or a leg but I really think he wants you to come in with them all 
And I really don't think he wants us to lose a finger at work because we were lost in focus on prayer. So when your full attention isn't needed on the task at hand, let your mind rest on God. You can do that daily? Yes, you can. I'm telling you, you'll find a whole lot less to worry about if you're thinking about God. And you cultivate a mindset of prayer as you go. You don't always have to put audible words to prayer. Hannah stood before the high priest Eli. He didn't know what she was saying. She was talking under her breath. He accused her of being drunk. No, she was continuing in prayer. Why? Because she wanted a son. And she persevered for a long time. And entreating God every feast time, every time it was put to assemble and come to gather in worship. She brought an offering. My God, this will preach. She brought an offering every time she came, every time she stood. She brought an offering in worship to God. And her mind was continually, I want to be blessed. I need to be blessed. And the only one that can do it is God. He's the only one that can open my womb. He's the only one that can make this happen. And so what am I going to do? Time after time, I'm coming, but I'm not coming empty-handed. My God, if you'd get that in your heart on every Sunday morning when you come in here, if you'll come in with hands full of praise and extend them and exalt his name, and you won't be coming empty-handed. I've already told you the only thing worth having that you can bring in here is yourself anyway, and that's what he wants, that we persevere and continue leaving in prayer. He desires you. Well, hallelujah. If I could really see what's on this paper, it'd probably be a lot better. <laughs> mm. Knowing what God has in store. Then he gives them in verse 1 that, that last line Faint not. What's that mean, Pastor? Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't get disgusted. The words you don't hear very much anymore. Don't get flabbergasted. Right? Don't be overwhelmed with it. Don't give in too quickly. Keep on praying. Isn't it wonderful he says that in this first verse? Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't, don't give up. Hold on. Amen. We hear that again. What would Paul say to the Galatians in 6 and 9? Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's a harvest time coming. It's the same principle with this parable, with this judge. Judgment's going to come her way. Vindication is going to come to her. If she doesn't faint, if she doesn't lose heart, what does that mean? If she doesn't care that the judge says, go away, I'm not listening to you today. I'm not, you're not on the docket, and so you're not coming in my courtroom today. Where was she at the next day? Right back to the place where she could only get what she needed. He had her answer. He had her vindication. What are you saying, Pastor? 
I'm saying get up tomorrow and lift your voice into the glorious realm of heaven and let your prayers be heard and say, Lord, here I am again today. Would you not vindicate me from my adversary? And the adversary that is against you is as a roaring lion, and he goes about going, seeking to and fro whom he can devour. That's the adversary against us. Would you not avenge me against my adversary? Vindication comes if we faint not. Amen. So there's a great need for us to understand the source of our vindication. The woman knew it was this judge. I know it's God. Do you know it's God? I know it's God. Well, it's so-and-so. No. Do you not understand he has the heart of so-and-so in your hand? Do you actually think that hardened, bitter judge was really bothered by this woman's continual presence? He could have took care of that if he'd wanted to. But he had a thought to himself one day. Who controls the thoughts of man? Who can invade our mind at will? And him saying to himself, I can see the Holy Ghost knocking on his door. You better give this woman what she needs. He's got this going on in himself. Well, Lord, she's going to worry me to death if I don't give her what she wants. That's not the way God looks at my and your approaching him. When we come in faith, we come in this manner knowing who our source is. And we know, Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. When I go to God continually, when I persevere in prayer, when I'm persistent in looking for some vindication, I'm going because I know there's nothing too hard for him. I go in prayer because I know whatever comes into my life, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that I can ask or any other thing that I could even imagine or think of. He has the power to do it. And it works in my life because it's Christ who lives in me, who is the hope of glory. It works in my mind because I know that greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. So where do I go? I go to the source that can do something about my situation. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying keep going. Keep going. Get up tomorrow. Put a smile on your face. Don't be defeated. Don't be deflected. Don't be despondent. But get up tomorrow. I don't care if it's been a month, six months, ten years, twenty years. You get up and you go right back to the throne room tomorrow. Say, I've been given this promise and so here I am I need help Lord I need you and I know that there is nothing too hard for you you go to your source David said God is our refuge and strength a very present help in the time of trouble in 46 and 1 he goes on to say in chapter 18 verse 3 I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from mine enemy now when you know who you're going to it makes a difference in how you pray when you get there Isaiah offered up some encouragement he told us no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper amen 
and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. You ought to read a few verses prior to that one. We always get that one. No weapon. But when you understand why Isaiah said no weapon, because you read prior to this and he'll tell you that it's his smiths who are at the forge. <laughs> You got to watch Forged and Fire to probably get that little connection. He's in control of the Smith, so when he says no, there's not a weapon that he's going to allow to be formed to destroy you. Why? Because he's he's at the forge. He's at work, so he can say no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And don't you just love that fact that no tongue that rises up against you it ain't going to carry the way. I don't care how forked it is. You got a promise. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment thou shalt condemn. The author of Hebrews says about the voices of the redeemed who testify to the fact we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. But then he said, let us go ahead and run with patience the race that is set before us and let us lay aside, where you at, Bible readers? Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that which uh, doth easily get us off track, beset us. But then he comes up behind that with his source in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hey, amen. We got some testimonies going on. Persevere, child of God. Hold on, child of God. Keep looking unto Jesus because he's going to bring the fulfillment to your faith. He has the ending of your faith already secure for you. Trust in him. Have confidence in him. John the Revelator said this, the redeemed cry out, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. That's your source. That's who we go to. I'm not just going to some judge. <laughs> Amen. And if you have to go before an earthly judge, know this. The God of glory and the judge of all judges can also control his heart. Never just think you're going before man because God is still on the throne. There's been more than one vindication through a earthly judge. It's hard to say heathen, but I backed up on that. <laughs> because the Spirit of God intervened on behalf of a believer who's been persevering, who'd been going through this case, this trial for years and years. They, you know how they drag it on. They try to wear you out. That's the way the devil does. He's trying to wear you out, trying to keep you and your confidence in God 
diminished so that you don't believe God can do anything. But I'm here to reverse that course this morning and to let you know that you're going to break limits if you persevere through prayer. You keep going, child of God. Be encouraged. The Lord knows your plight. Be encouraged today. He knows what your case is. Be encouraged today, especially if he has already given you a word of confirmation. You just keep showing up. Every now and then, I just need to know I just got to show up. We go to the source that we know that we have, and in him alone, we seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually, 1 Chronicles 16 and 11. Is it okay if I just give you some Bible to go with what we're talking about? Seek you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Can I tell you, if your heart's not in it, you won't show up tomorrow. My God, I feel this. I know persevering pulls at the joy strings of our heart, don't it? <laughs> Especially if you've been going for a while. If you've been praying the same old prayer, then the devil tries to tell you, what are you doing? Why are you saying that over and over again? Well, after a while, if it's not mechanical, it's not coming out of me. After a while, if I don't have that rehearsed in my soul when I come and stand before God, then I won't have anything to say because the adversary against me has so diminished, disillusioned, and got me so defeated that I don't know what to say. And I get there and I just stand there mute before him. And I know he knows my heart and I know he knows my mind. But can I just tell you, there is a power that accompanies the confession of the heart. There is power that accompanies the confession of the mind when we can muster up enough to keep showing up if it's just the same oh prayer over and over and over the just judge of glory hears it and he knows it <laughs> seek me and you'll find me if you don't seek him you won't find him Seek me and you'll find me. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. Hmm. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do you think? Your adversary attacks your flesh. Why do you think he attacks your mind and emotions? Huh? Because he has no power over your spirit. I've already told you, greater is he that's in you. I know that's about as redneck as it can get, but he is. So he has no power over your spirit. Only we subjugate our spirit. Only we become weak and allow the nourishment of our spirits to become anemic. Devil can't do that to you. He's tried it on too many and it didn't work. Huh? They bowled old John. <laughs> 
They beat old John. They'd done everything else to John that they could do. Thought, well, we'll get him. We'll separate him from his friends, and we'll put him on Patmos. And we won't hear another thing out of John. My Lord, John's voice is still echoing through the ages because of the revelation that he received where they tried to ostracize him and get rid of him. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Why? Because they couldn't kill his spirit. So don't you surrender it. My God, this morning, I didn't know we was getting this deep. Woo! How so? Because God knows where each of us are. He knows the plight that we're dealing with. He knows the adversary that stands against you daily. He knows what you're having to face. He knows that your flesh is getting weak because it's been afflicted. He knows that your mind is getting weak because it's been tormented. But he also knows that he's in you. No wonder Paul told young Timothy, if you'll, just, if you'll just stir up the gift that's in you, son. Sometimes you just got to stir it. I've seen your granny's faith. I've seen your mama's faith. And I know that faith's in you. But you've got to stir up your own faith. Somebody stir up your own faith this morning because the just judge of glory knows your plight and knows what you're dealing with. He knows the adversary that's standing against you. So hold on. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Pray without ceasing to the Thessalonians, Paul said. We break limits when we go through prayer. Verse 7, that they said that they cry both day and night. Sometimes you just cry all day. Other times you cry all night, and that's all right. But just let that cry have some power behind it. You cry out to God. Huh? You persevere in your tears, and you cry out to God. If you're going to cry, cry out to God. You say, preacher, you're awful hard this morning. Well, I'm trying to help you today. Trying to stabilize a slipping situation in somebody's lives today. The devil's got you slipping. He's got you on a move. You're not going the direction that you feel like you need to be or want to go. You feel like he's getting the advantage over you. But I'm here to tell you the unjust judge does not have the advantage. The adversary is not the one in the position of advantage. You are. So if you're going to cry, cry out to the Lord. Can I help you with some stuff right here? And I'll close. I know barbecue's about warm. That's where they're going. They're all right. They're not just running. They're getting called to duty. Matthew 14 and 30. Sister Kim, you, you might want y'all come on this way. That way I'll be sure to. Peter cried out, save me. Sometimes that's about all you can get out. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to seek. He cried, Lord, save me. 
tomorrow, if you force yourself up and go back to the great judge of glory, if all you can cry is save me, let it ring, baby. Let it ring to the top of your lungs. Save me, Lord. That's all you can get out today. That's all right. Why? Because he's heard it. Exodus 33, 13, Moses cried, show me. <laughs> Lord, I wish I'd have got here earlier. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, I'm helping somebody this morning, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this nation is thy people. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me. Somebody needs to see that, don't you? I need to see his glory. Well, you keep standing as Moses stood. When the rock in the hard place and the army's breathing down your neck, just stand on and see the salvation of the Lord. Samson cried, stand with me. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm trying. Judges 16, 28, and Samson called on the Lord. He said, oh, Lord God, remember me. Hey, when you show up in the morning, if all you can get out, remember me. Lord, don't forget me down here. I'm here again. Don't forget me. Remember me. I pray thee only this once. Oh, my Lord, have you ever been there? This one last time, God. If you don't hear another prayer, I pray, Lord, hear this one. Huh? Oh, God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Peter's crying, save me. Samson's crying, strengthen me. Remember me. He knew he made a mistake. Hello? Samson knew he messed up. But as he's pushing around that old gristmill and the Philistines are making fun of him, all he was doing is strengthening those back muscles. They'd let him push it by. Let's see the strength of the Israelite. They'd make him push by himself. Them old, them old calves just getting bigger. Thighs bigger than Earl Campbell time he got done blind as a bat but the whole time he's pushing he's praying and his hair is growing back his anointing is coming back on him he had that Nazarite vow without his hair his anointing was gone the razor can't touch him but he's coming back my God, somebody's about to come back. Woo! There's a comeback. And they decide to make sport of him in one of their drunken feasts. Can I? Sometimes the devil will have you positioned in the wrong place. He may position you in a place for mockery. But the whole time you're getting positioned to do the greatest damage that you've ever done to the enemy. 
had that young lad take him by the hand. Put, put my hand on the pillars. Where's the other one at? Position me here. Oh, God. Remember me one more time. And that familiar spirit. Come back home, Samson. The one that he had gotten so far away from that he didn't realize had actually departed from him. That day when they shouted in his head in the lap of Delilah, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumps up and the scripture says he shook himself as a time before he tried to shake it off. But the anointing didn't come. And he realizes his anointing was removed. But it's back now. Thank you for the comeback anointing. You know, the devil thought he had us that way. I wondered where it was at for about a year. That anointing. Yeah. I said, my God, Ichabod. Uh, Ichabod moved out. (laughs) He's not here anymore. The glory of the Lord has returned. (sighs) The glory of the Lord's in his house. So cry out, (laughs) cry out to him. It's okay. Bigger men than I have cried. Samson, Peter, Moses, David, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Isaiah 6 and 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who go for us? And then I sigh. I said, here am I. Send me. Luke 9, the disciples cried, and he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, listen, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And then I think, for myself, I thought about it. One of the most difficult scripture, to my knowledge, the Lord utters them. Right here. When he said, let the dead bury the dead. A long time I thought that's, Man, that's really insensitive, Lord. If you ever feel like that the Lord is being insensitive to your cry, understand that He knows best. Understand that he knows best. 
me, I got to go. No. Your opportunity is before you now to follow me. Because if you leave, you won't come back. I'm here before you. I'm life. I stand before you. Let the dead bury the dead. I don't know about you, but that, that one was tough on me. And that one, that turn the cheek deal. But I know this, we have a just judge. And he knows when we're crying day and night, what he wants to know when he shows up. Is he going to find faith when he gets there? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he is a Come on, Bible readers, a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. Simple this morning. You just need a little more strength to keep on crying.